Good morning. We want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers this morning. Um, and first off, I want to honor my own dad. Um, he's been passed for several years now, and, but I want to honor him. And not only him, but the um, other fathers um, and mentors that have um, been involved in my life. I'm thankful for the men of God that um, God has introduced to in my life, and um, I'm thankful for that. And I honor my Heavenly Father. Um, he's the perfect representation of a father. You know, one of the greatest blessings in my life is um, being a father myself. Um, my four sons and my grandchildren, my daughter-in-laws, it's been a blessing to me and I'm thankful today that um, God has allowed me to experience that blessing in my life. And, um, um, you know, A.W. Tozer has a quote and um, it's quite, people are quite familiar with it, but it's, um, he simply says, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God, you know, that's um, a deep thought. You know, if we think about God as being an angry, a mad God sitting on the rim of heaven, um, then we're probably, if we're going to try to be like God, then we're probably going to come across to people as a mean and angry people. But um, we know that God is a heavenly father full of love. And that's what we want to represent to each and every one that we meet every day. Uh, you know, that's the very first impressions that our children have concerning God. It comes from the example that we set before them as being fathers. So today we're going to um, uh, be speaking to the fathers in, in a Father's Day message. And the reason it's so hard, I think, for so many to understand the heart of the father is because so many people have not had a perfect relationship with their father. Um, and some people maybe even had a, a hard relationship. Uh, rough relationship with their dads, but we have to be intentional. And that's the main thing that I want to talk about today is just being an intentional father, being intentional about showing our children and others the love of God that he has for us. Um, he's our heavenly father. Um, and a scripture that resounds in my ears almost every day is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. It says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Fathers there, Paul is writing in the, in the context that he's using that word fathers in. He's using it in the context of a nourisher, a protector, an upholder. Um, someone that assumes responsibility for. And I think that's what God is calling us to do, to be a nourisher, a protector, an upholder, not only to our own children, to be a representative as a Christian, as a man of God. Um, one of the things that troubles me is there's 19.7 million children in the U.S. today that are living without the presence of a father in the home. And we can see what that's doing to our communities. We can see what that's doing to our society the absence of fathers in the home. And there's people, there's a lot of people in the world who would like to be an instructor, is what Paul is saying. But Paul is saying you do not have many fathers. It's a condition of the heart. It's a condition of our heart. It's a father's heart. And not only a father to our children, but to live our life in a father's perspective, a father's heart's perspective. Um, the intentional father Intentionality is something that um, it's, it's hard. Um, what it is in life that we are intentional about. Um, good intentions aren't enough. 
Good plans are not enough. Good ideas are simply not enough. When I look back at my own story as a father, I began with good intentions more than I did with an intentional life. I had some good ideas, but I realized that I wanted to live a life that brought daily satisfaction. So I had to ask myself, am I living a life of good intentions or am I residing in the land of intentional living? So learning to be intentional was one of the most difficult things that I had to um, learn in life. There's so many things in life that can ask for our attention and they can keep us busy from sunup to sundown. And it's when we lay our heads down at night that we have to ask ourselves, have I done anything of significance today? It's learning to move from desire to action. I can have a desire, but until that desire moves to action, I'll never get results. It's moving from wishing to purpose. I can wish for this and I can wish for that. But until I turn it into a purpose for my own life, then I'll never find fulfillment. It has to go from we have to learn to go from someday to today. When we learn to go from someday I'm going to do this or someday I'm going to do that, we'll discover that it requires our attention every day. We have to learn to move from fantasy to strategy. That's when we're finally going to realize that we have to follow through. It's not just occasional, it's continual that we have to be intentional. And that's when we become habitual about the things that we want to accomplish in life. We have to move from survival mode, Lord, just get me through today, to a mode of success. Lord, I want to be successful in the things that you have for me to do. That's when we discover significance. There's a story in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories, actually. Um, we often call it the story of the prodigal son. And I believe it's a story more about the love of a father than it is about a rebellious son. And I'd like to read it to you, the story, this morning. It's in, found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. It says, Then he said, a certain man, this is Jesus teaching, he said, And a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants." And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet 
and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours come, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should... Make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So from this story of the prodigal, I want to give you seven characteristics that I found of the intentional father. Just being intentional about everything that we do every day, not only in the lives of our own children and our families, but in the lives of those that God allows us to have influence in. If we want to be an intentional father, we must ask ourselves, what is significant in my life? We have to ask ourselves, what is it that's significant in our lives? In the story of the prodigal, the father knew what was significant in his life. It was his sons. It was his family. It was people that were significant to him. The father is basing his decisions on his love for his boys. Now, the boys, as we can see, they're only thinking of themselves. See, this son is demanding his inheritance from his father before his father's death. There's not been a funeral yet, and there's no inheritance until your father's passed away. The father did not have to give the boy the money. Yet the Bible says he divided all his living between the two boys. He gave it all to them. In the end, the father's love won the day. The same is true for us. I believe that is the thing that will win our children and others. It's love. He believes his son will return home again. And he was right. But when he came to himself, the story says, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. The father's love won the son. And I believe the father had declared the scripture that we find in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I believe the father was intentional about the way he'd raised his sons. And he had asked himself, what is it that's significant in my life? The second thing that I believe we have to do as, a, as an intentional father is we have to be motivated to take immediate action in the areas of significance. If we'll notice in the story, it says, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The intentional father has a sense of urgency when it comes to his children and people that God has given us influence in their lives. We must ask ourselves what is most important to us in our lives. Those are the things that deserve our undivided attention. 
Don't put off till tomorrow what we can do today. The prodigal father, he could have easily avoided the son and allowed the son to suffer just a couple more days. Someday I'll get more involved. Instead, he says, I'm going to get involved today. I'm going to do something now, right here and right now, because he valued that son. I have to ask myself on a regular basis, do I value people? Do I value people the way that God values people? Soon we'll find that we have to be involved in people's lives every day, not just once in a while. There are some things that we do just simply because it's the right thing to do. The third thing that I noticed in the story of the prodigal is the intentional father finds ways to achieve significance. The father had poured his life into raising his sons. And when you live an intentional lifestyle, you see many possibilities. But when you don't live an intentional lifestyle, you see few possibilities. He knew this son was about to rebel and he had a choice to make. The story says in not many days after the young Younger son gathered all together. He journeyed to a far country and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. See, in this father's wisdom, he knew that this son would take this money and he would leave. In the father's wisdom, he knew that this son would probably waste the money. But the money was obviously not as important to the father as the son was. If it had been so important to them, to the father, then he wouldn't have given the money to the son. But he lived, he had lived long enough, this father had. He had seen the cycle of life so many times that he knew in his wisdom that a famine would come someday. And he knew that if the son took the money and he wasted the money and the famine would come, he knew that that son would also return home. The father had been good to that boy. He had given him and his brother everything. He had divided all his livelihood between them. But in the foreign land, no man gave him anything. The father was intentional and he was determined to fix this situation. Not to fix blame, but he wanted to fix this situation. He was determined to achieve significance in his son's life. The fourth thing that I noticed in the story of the prodigal, the intentional father is determined to give his best effort to do significant acts. Are we building value? In others? Are we building value in our children and the people that God has given us influence in? It's important that they realize that we value them. And then if one goes wayward, maybe they get into trouble or maybe they just come to a point that they're struggling in life. You'll be the first person they think of when they get in that faraway land. Home will be the first place they think of. The father seen him coming a long way off. And I can just only imagine when I think about that father seeing him come from a long distance off. He knows that's his boy. And he begins to run to him. And the father ran and he fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight 
and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You know, that's the very words that he said, I'll go to my, when he was still in the, in the foreign land. That's the very words that he said that he would go and say to his father. He'd rehearsed them. And I'd say he'd rehearsed them over and over and over again on his way home. Father, I have sinned against heaven and I in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. He knew that there was things to talk about that he and the son would have to talk about, but those things could wait till later. Right now it was a time to celebrate. Remember, um, I remember a time um, when I was, um, me and Debbie just had gotten married. We hadn't been long, married about a year maybe, and, um, and we was living, I was making $3.25 an hour, and I was working several hours, but we was living from week to, well, almost a week. We didn't hardly make it week to week, and we was always running short, and I think we had $8 a week left for gasoline, and I ran out of gas regularly, but... Um, we had this, uh, an Oldsmobile Cutlass, and um, every single one of the headlights had went out except one high beam headlight on that car. So everybody kind of knew it was us coming if it was after dark because they could see that one high beam headlight coming down the road. And we really didn't have the money. We would go and look at headlights, but we didn't have the money to buy headlights. And one day I come home at lunch. I worked about a mile from where we lived in our little apartment, and um, my dad was sitting in the, in the driveway and he had two grocery bags. And I said, what are you doing, Dad? And he said, well, it's your birthday. He said, and I bought you all new headlights for your car. And you know, that's been 30 years ago. And I still remember that significant act that my dad did 30 years ago. Why? Because it made me feel valued. It let me know that he loved me, that he was thinking, he was noticing the struggle that I was in. And I'm thankful for that today that I have that to recall on that my dad noticed. And sometimes that's all we have to do in the lives of other people is in our own children is just let them know that we're noticing. We notice the things they're going through. We're sympathetic. We're compassionate with them. And we're praying with them. We're standing with them. The fifth thing that I noticed in, the, um, in this story of the prodigal, the intentional father, he unleashes the power of significance within us. He said, bring out the best robe and put on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. See that that best robe was restoring his identity. He put a robe back on that boy that day, restored his identity. I want people to know who this is. This is my son and I'm proud of him. He put a ring on his finger and it wasn't just any ring. It was a signet ring and it bore the signet of his father. He put that ring on his boy's hand and he put sandals on his feet, restoring that boy's destiny. We need to speak blessings over our children. We can't ask the pastor to bless our children when we're speaking cursings over Marcel, talking about how they'll become nothing. God is asking us to speak blessings over our own children. And that's something that we need to be intentional about. You know that it's um, even Jesus needed affirmation. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus received his identity. The voice from heaven spoke. 
This is my son. Jesus received his affirmation. He said, I love him. And thirdly, Jesus received his acceptance. He said, in whom I am well pleased. Do our children know how pleased we are with them, how thankful we are for them? What about the people that we meet on a day to day basis that God has given us influence in their lives? Do they know that we value them and love them? That's the father's heart. That's the father's heart. Um, I'd read a book, uh, Robert Lewis, several years ago. Um, the book is called Raising a Modern Day Night. And he tells about a ceremony that he had had for one of his sons who was turning 16 years old. Well, this was about a year before land and our youngest son was turning 16. And I got the idea that I would start preparing for Landon's 16th birthday. I wanted to have that, that similar to that same ceremony for Landon on his 16th birthday the next year. So I prepared for that year and the day finally came and I told Landon not to plan anything for that day and I blindfolded him. And I took him on some back roads and we got in this one place where there was woods on either side. You couldn't tell where you was at and I told him to trust me but to get out of the car. So really puzzled, he got out of the car and I told him he could take his blindfold off at that point. And um, we were in the middle of nowhere and I told him to begin walking down what looked somewhat like a path in the woods. So he ventured through the woods and I had arranged for four different men of God. All four of these men of God had a father's heart. These were men who Landon looked up to and I'd arranged for them to be waiting every quarter of a mile on that path through those woods. And each one had a quarter mile to talk to Landon about any kind of a life topic that they wanted to talk about. Then they would drop back behind Landon and the next person to talk to him. And they would walk for another quarter of a mile. At the end of the trail, after the other three had talked to him, I had Rick Clendon in waiting. And Rick was sitting up on the side of a hill on a stump. And Landon talked to Rick up there on the side of the hill for about 30 minutes. And um, Rick just spoke into his life. And Landon came down off the hill with Rick and um, we had a little canoe there and he had to paddle across the lake and we had a gift of a, a brand new Bible with his name on it. And, but we had a celebration for Landon that day. We have to be intentional with acts of affirmation for our children, not only our children, but the other people that God has given us in our lives that we have influence in. Affirmation unleashes the power of significance in us. And that's something we as fathers with a father heart with a father's heart. And that's what I, I want to impress today is a father's heart. Affirmation unleashes the power of significance in us. Letting people know that we value them. Letting people know that we love them. That we're standing with them. That we're concerned for them. The sixth thing that I noticed in this story of the prodigal is the intentional father inspires us to make every day count. If we only get 50% today... We can't give 150% tomorrow. We can't make up for it. We can only give 100% each and every day. One of the servants told the older brother in the story, the one who had never left his father. The servant said, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But the, he was angry. It wouldn't go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving with you, and I never transgressed your commandment at any time. 
And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours come, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost. And now he's found. What was he saying? What was that father saying? He was saying, we don't have time to waste. We don't have time to worry about differences. We have to make every day count and we have to give 100% every day. Our children are dependent on us. People all around us every day are looking for someone with a father's heart, someone who actually cares. The seventh and the final thing that I noticed in the story of the intentional of the prodigals is the uh, intentional father encourages us to finish well. I don't have scripture to prove it, but I believe the older brother, with the encouragement of the father, went into the celebration that day. How could he say no to such a father? How could he say no to a father that had been so good to him? It's up to us to teach our children about grace. It's up to us to in, introduce to others the concept of grace. Grace that a father has. Grace that Father God extended to us, to you and I, that we didn't deserve. I know the younger brother had wasted his inheritance with prodigal living. There are some things that even grace can't restore. Grace cannot bring back the wasted years or the lost opportunities. And grace can't bring back our youth. Grace can't bring back our purity. But I'll tell you one thing grace can bring back. Grace can restore our relationship with the Father. And that's what I want my children and my grandchildren to know. That's what I want you to know this morning. You can never wander so far. You can never do so wrong that God's grace cannot reach out and bring you back into a relationship with him. I believe that's the message in this story that Jesus wanted us to know. And I believe that's the heart of our Heavenly Father. And also should be the heart that we have. That should be the heart that we have. A heart of love, a heart of compassion and grace. You know, there's some things that we do just simply because it's the right thing to do. If we can just realize that what is significant in our lives? What is it that's significant in our lives? If we could just take action today, don't put off to tomorrow what we can do right now. Strive for significance. Find a fix for the situation. Don't worry about placing the blame. If we can live a life that your children and others will have fond memories of you, if we can help our children to realize we value them and love them. If we could put a 10 on everyone's forehead that we meet, let them know that they're important to us. Make every day count. Make every single day count. 
We don't have a promise of tomorrow. Encourage our children, and not only our children, encourage others that even in the lowest times in their life, God is ready to welcome them home again. If you would, let's pray today. Fathers, we come before you. We thank you for your love. We just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, that you extended grace to us when we didn't deserve grace. We thank you, Father, today that you give us influence in the lives of others. And we thank you, Father, for the representation that we have the privilege, Father, of representing you in this world. Father, help us to represent you well. Help us to represent your heart well, Father. Let others know how much you love them. Help us to value others and place a value on them just like you did. So much so that you gave your only begotten son. That's how much value that you placed on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.